0: Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Encounter with God Together, our weekly uh, audio and video podcast where we review the uh, readings that are coming up in the in the next week in our daily Bible reading guide uh, called Encounter with God. You might notice that this one like takes up all the screen here. Uh, I haven't shown this before, but I want everyone to know that there is a large print version of, of our reading guide. And um, I'm starting to prefer it myself in some, some instances. So if you, uh, if you have anyone who uh, you'd like to get a copy of that for, you can get that on our store. <clears throat> also um, I haven't had the, the mug here. This is merchandising day. Uh, <laughs> I, I have my encounter with God together mugs. So if you want to join us in the mornings with coffee, feel free, but I'm happy to host with me uh, this week, Mary Sutton. Mary is on the SU USA team She is a curriculum writer, and she has done a number of our outreach programs, Super Kids and Primetime, and she acts as an advisor to those who want to get those things going. So if any of you uh, want to do an outreach in your community, in a park, or if you live near the beach, um, or if you want to start in the fall with an after-school program, uh, likely that you will
1: end up talking to Mary. Mary, it's good to see you. It's great to be here. Um, I felt like you kind of sent me a curveball with this, this Corinthians but, but, you know, as it is with God's word, if you think you've read it too many times and you're not going to get anything out of it, hello, guess what? God's still speaking. And the same thing with I don't have to know everything in order for him to say something. So um, anyway, so hopefully I will have some words of uh, encouragement from you. Yeah.
0: Good, Mary. That's great. Good, good, good words there. Let me pray for you. Thank you. Father, I want to pray for Mary as she um, as she expresses through your Spirit the things that you have given her to say and to understand about these passages that are uh, coming before us this week in Corinthians. And I pray that you um, give her encouragement as she does this, and that you bless those who are listening and watching. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, Mary. So, yeah, I just make a side note that Monday we are finishing up in Revelation. Okay. Um, right. so i could have given you that curveball a couple of ways. <laughs> but um anyway the um the the commentators and the and the viewers have been hearing about revelation so we're just going to dive right into uh second corinthians with you this week
1: okay all right uh i'd like to give a little personal note uh, on this which kind of made me happy to uh share on this and that is that when i was in college um i was i was born again. I really claimed Jesus as my savior, but I was at a Christian college and they were not happy with my, um, uh, they being my friends, uh, with my view of scripture. And finally somebody said to me, well, if you love Jesus and you don't believe in the Bible, like, how do you know whether you're pleasing him or not? So I went on this, uh, I took the most conservative New Testament profs I could find and started reading. And it was the, the, The argument of Paul for his apostleship and what apostleship means that I just went, aha, it wasn't like Jesus is over here and Paul and his letters are over here. It's it's the whole thing. So here in this passage, because we have the conflict between these super apostles, or, which are really false apostles, uh, and Paul, it kind of touches on uh, some of those themes that God used in my life. Wow, um, Mary, I don't think you got a curveball at all. I think this was divinely uh, <laughs> intended. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the the one reason I found that this these chapters were hard was because you go, Paul is just boasting, 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 and then saying, but I'm not boasting. (laughs) I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? And then you've got this like scolding thing going on with towards the Corinthians even. And yet he's saying, you know, I'm pouring out my heart for you. I, you know, I don't care about your money. I care only about you. And I'm thinking, how am I ever going to uh, pull all this together? So, so I I kind of started with the the end um, verses in chapter twelve, which oh. is very familiar to our readers about Paul's thorn in the flesh and the fact that he asked three times to have it removed. And recently I was listening on another podcast that connected that to the three times Jesus prayed in the garden, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, so he asks, and, and the Lord says no. But the Lord says something even more important, that my grace will be sufficient for you. And my power, the Lord's power, is made perfect in weakness. Mm-hmm. So I started looking over, thinking about weakness being those times uh, when we feel out of control. You know, uh, you might be physically weak and feel in control. And, and so you don't really experience as a weakness. So I pulled out my own prayer list and, and uh, lest I risk making everyone depressed, but I want to just, you know, Paul's examples of his shipwrecks and his imprisonments and his floggings. I mean, granted, if you read Voice of the Martyrs, you know, that's going on. But I thought about what are the things in our lives that make us feel so weak and powerless? And I didn't have to go far. So one of them was, uh, a cousin of Charlie's who got covid and miraculously was healed but her brain is just not working the way it used to she's still very thankful for everything but you know she totaled her car because, because. she she just wasn't you know really supposed to be driving um i thought about a family member of ours who um has struggled with uh, drug addiction for century, for not centuries, for, for decades. She's been homeless. There's been other things going on with her. We all feel powerless in the face of that. Um, I have another friend who's, um, we're praying for her sister-in-law who has a terrible diagnosis regarding cancer, which they have a fabulous faith, but the reason they have a fabulous faith is because they have a son who was born and had cerebral palsy and terrible. He, like he is completely, uh, incapable of doing anything for himself, and they have chosen to take care of him in their home. So that's going along fine, except for now she's undergoing all these cancer treatments. And the question Mm -hmm. of what do we do with our adult son who needs, you know, so all these things, I'm sure any of our listeners and watchers can, can think of things in their lives, you know, go back to your prayer list and think, what are the things that really make me feel helpless and like I'm weak? Mm -hmm. So, um, so let's keep that in mind, Uh, uh, we'll circle back to that hopefully at the end. So, um, so, so the reason Paul, as I mentioned, gets into all this boasting is because there are these super apostles, which he also calls false apostles, a term not I think maybe only used one other time. Usually they talk about false prophets, but these are false apostles, and they have all these accusations against Paul. And they say, you know, he's an unimpressive speaker, which means he wasn't trained in the in the Greek rhetoric and all of that, and how the they talked to gave out their speeches. And they accused him of being inconsistent. Oh, Paul, you know, you write a good letter and you really sound strong and you're really giving it to us. But when you show up, you're pretty like lame, and uh, so. Then he says, um, the, you know, oh, you don't take money. Well, we would, you know, Paul uses that as his defense, but they're using it against him because they're saying, well, if they're not paying you, you must not be saying anything worth money, worth anything. And then he also says, um, let's see if it, it oh.'" The other hidden agenda in there is that Paul, this whole letter, you know, talking about the collection for Jerusalem. Well, now the hidden message is like you're collecting all this money and you say you're not using it for yourself. But what about this money that supposedly is going to Jerusalem? I thought so many of these things were like, haven't we seen this in the news and on television in our gener- generation? Um, so anyway, so they accuse uh, him of all these things. And then Paul starts to um, address it. Now, let me see if I can. So one of the things that is, is that one of the reasons these super apostles got a foothold was because Paul, as you probably know, always wanted to go into territories where they were brand new. Nobody else had preached the gospel there. He wasn't going to build on anyone else's foundation. And the only time he went back was when he was going back to his own churches. But Mm -hmm. these super apostles took advantage of that. And Uh so he would start. There's this thing about the race or the farmer, my boundaries, my sphere. Well, he had a sphere. He created it by the Lord's help. um, And but then they would come in after other apostles had laid, laid the groundwork and then they start building on it. So, um Anyways, Paul accuses them. You're really enslaving these. You're exploiting these people. You, um, you know, oh, and you guys, you're just judging yourself by themselves. So they're super apostles and, you know, Paul's sarcastic. That was another thing that was a little hard. Like Paul is being so sarcastic and so like, you know, <laughs> like we would never accept a letter like that. I don't. Know. But he makes his point that, um, that they, you know, they want to be like super apostles, but they really, the only standard they have is themselves. We are the top dogs. And so nobody else measures up to us. And of course, Paul, as he goes on, talks about like, you know, those who boast should boast in the Lord. I don't worry about human commendation. I worry about or think about The commendation that I will get from the Lord, which is referring to, you know, the the very end of the world when the, the judgments will be made. So these temporary criticisms by these false apostles are really not going to be a big deal. So then you kind of look at the part about Paul's boasting. And he does talk about that he is a true apostle and that they he did the signs, the wonders, and the miracles that certified that he was a, an apostle. And that's that's written in other places that you had to do that. And you also had to be a, an eyewitness of Jesus in his resurrection, which Paul doesn't mention here, but as we all know at the road of Damascus, he did uh you know meet the risen Lord. Mm. Um so then then he talks about his pedigree, I call it, you know, he's a Hebrew of Hebrews, he's an Israelite of Israelites, he's a descendant of Abraham, aren't I wonderful? Well, the reason he brings that up is because the super apostles were Jewish, And here they are in Corinth, not in Jerusalem or Judea, in Corinth. And they're saying, well, you know, we're the ones that really God really was. He liked us best. You know, he came to us first. So you guys, you may be coming along, but the only way you're going to measure up is if you come under the law. And so that's why Paul talks about them enslaving them and exploiting them. Well, that's the other thing exploiting. Well, here they're accusing him of this crime of not asking for money when they were the ones kind of squeezing the the money out of the Corinthians. So mm. as, it, as we see in our own time and in our own relationships, a lot of times the people and the things that are said against us are really being done by the people who are accusing us. So, mm. um, so anyway, and then he brings up all the catastrophes. Now, you know, when I've read that most of my life, I thought, well, these are not weaknesses really, Paul. I mean, you survived shipwrecks and beaten by rods and stoning and all of this. But from their perspective, um, the people would have thought that those were all defeats. You've been humiliated because the authorities Mm. arrested you. And you like, think about it. You've been in prison. You're a nobody when you're in prison. And you've gone through all of these things because you you can't make yourself and yourself known big enough to stop the authorities from doing this to you needless to not, not paying any attention to the fact that there's a spiritual warfare going on. So, so while we would look at those things as, you know, his triumphs, they, the, the people around them wouldn't necessarily, and the other one is just the natural catastrophes, the shipwrecks and the rivers and the ro- well, robbers wouldn't be. Um, so he goes through all of, all of that. And, and, um, and then I want to jump before I get back to in, uh, the thorn in the flesh. And that is why would someone who we know talks about the fruit of the spirit and who talks about our hearts should be like Christ, who came down from heaven and gave himself a form of a slave, a form of a servant, died on the cross. We know everything in all of these letters is about humility and humility and service and everything. So why is he trumping out all of these credentials and experiences, even those spiritual experiences right before the thorn in the flesh, going up into the third heaven and seeing all these revelations and visions and and all of that? Well, it's because the, the soul of the gospel and the souls of these Corinthians were at stake Mm. He had wanted to present them. I love this part of the imagery. He wanted to present them like a bride, pure, devoted, enthusiastic, which is what he says they started as to their husband, Jesus Christ. And he and these false apostles are coming in here and they're putting a wedge between the bride and the husband, between the Corinthians and Jesus. Mm. So of course, that matters. The other thing is, um, he says it reminded me so much of Galatians. He says they're preaching a different Jesus, they're preaching a different spirit, they're preaching a different gospel. Which I, you know, I like how uh, Paul said it in Galatians. You know, which are which is no gospel. If it's not the right. true gospel, it's not a gospel. Right. And so, you know, here everything. And you know, again, I thought you guys you could put this on pause and think about where in our world are we seeing different Jesuses being taught and uh, different spirits being recommended? And it's all over Twitter and Facebook and all those things that I don't really do, but there, I know that they're out there. Um, and then Paul wants them. I love the fact that he, his heart was that they would that he and they would be restored to their relationship. He doesn't care about their money. He says he cares about them. And he also says that, Um, he hoped that by them becoming strong and that does involve them forsaking the sins that he lists and they're not pretty um, (laughs) and most of them are not the sexual sins that you think of. They're they're things about arrogance and pride and things like and he's worried about gossip and, and slander but he wants them to be strong because he wants the city of Corinth to become so strong in the gospel that that becomes the the launching point for more ministry. So Mm -hmm. his view is always on the kingdom, is on the people who don't know Jesus of getting that good news out there. And good news does not include coming back under the the law, um, either the Jewish law that they wanted to, or sometimes we make up our own laws and ideas of what has to be fulfilled in order for God to like us. So then I just, you know, want to circle back again to the thing about the thorn in the flesh. So when we read about the weaknesses, the insults, the hardships, the difficulties, um, you know, don't think that this has to be only for people that are experiencing like direct persecution for their faith. You know, sometimes it's just like not being welcome at a family gathering because, you know, people don't agree. On these days, it could be politics, it could be morality, it could be lots of different things, but those are things, all of the things that I mentioned in my prayer list can make us feel weak and out of control. But Mm. I heard recently um, someone who said, suffering is what empties us of self so that Jesus can fill us up. Hmm. And I like that as a, like a different way of saying what Paul was saying. So instead of bemoaning, I mean, we can say, oh, my brain's not working the way it used to be. It's so frustrating. You know, I used to be able to serve the Lord and now I can't, you know, my back isn't getting healed. And I used to do, you know, I used to do meals on wheels and carry things in, and now I can't do that. But you know, I think it's true that we need to embrace the circumstances that God has put us in based on this scripture. And so he obviously fought for things. It wasn't like he was passive and like, you know, I'm going to give up because these false apostles showed up. But it's like the serenity prayer. You need to know the wisdom, change things that you can, let go of things that you can't, and entrust the rest of it to the Lord. And then as Paul has said elsewhere in this letter, that when these things happen, the thanksgiving to God just overflows into more and more thanksgiving. So I hope that this week, that's what you all have. And I hope that, um, that we'll all keep reading this and uh, enjoy the fellowship together of uh, doing Encounter with God. Thanks, Gail.
0: Wow, Mary, that was great! Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate all your uh, thinking on that, and um, okay. pray for us this week, okay? As
1: we uh, uh, engage together, yes. So, Father, we thank you that um, they're all over uh, America. There are people engaging with encounter with God and with discovery. Um, it is so encouraging to feel that um, we can share with one another on this platform and others. And we pray, Father, that as we um, as we do uh, experiencing, uh, experience suffering or weakness in our own lives, may we not just uh, say yes, yes, as we listen today or read in the mornings, but Lord, when we have that experience of feeling helpless and weak, May we just turn it all over to you and look for what you will make of it, because we know that you will, because your name is above all names. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. And I hope you have a wonderful week and may the same to you. Thank you.